Hi, I'm Stephen Hooper, and this is a podcast from smallbiz.chat. You may have heard the term business plan. And in this podcast, we're going to take a look at what that actually means and what all the fuss is about. What is a business plan? You would have heard of a business plan if you've spoken to anybody about the idea of setting up a business of your own, or if you're already in business on your own. Very simply, a business plan is just a written description of what the business will do. Who's going to be in it, where it's going to operate, what it's going to cost to run, and when it's going to make money. It's also a way to present any ideas that you may have for your business to potential funding partners, i.e. a bank, or if you're looking to go for grants, this sort of thing, or even get in a partner who you want to contribute to the business and work with you in the business. It's just a formal way of being able to show them, A, that you've done your research, and B, that they can actually take the time to sit and read, with a summary at the end. It's also a way to explain your business to somebody who's not in the same sector, who doesn't necessarily understand what it is that you do or you plan on doing. But if you're looking for general business advice, so if you've got a business plan, you can then pass that to somebody and say, well, this is what my business is, or this is what my idea is, and I'm looking for some advice. And the one thing that a lot of people don't understand or recognize with the business plan is it's a way for you to check on the performance of your business. How is it performing in accordance to the plan? Is it doing better? Is it doing worse? Have I made provisions in my plan? If I hit a wall, if I hit a problem, have I dealt with that in my plan? In which case, go and have a look at it and see what it is you've come up with as an idea to fixing the problem and getting around the problem. So that's it. That's a business plan. It's basically just a document. Yes, they can be quite lengthy, but they don't need to be. Just to give you some idea of what can be in your business plan. Firstly, that you want a written overview. You want a description of what the business is about. You want a competitor analysis. You want to look at who's doing a similar thing in a similar sector or the same sector. Who's a threat to your business? And how are they doing what they do? And have you got a better way of doing it? If you haven't got a better way of doing it, what's going to be your edge How are you going to make room for you in that market? You're going to need to detail the resources you need. Are you going to work alone? Are you going to need other people to come in and work for you or with you? Are you going to need a workshop? Are you going to need a shop, a shop front, some uh, storage, this sort of thing? So what sort of resources are you going to need, both in terms of people and in terms of physical, tangible resources? Also, are you going to need a website? Are you going to need someone to manage that for you? Are you going to need a social media campaign? These are the sort of resources you you look at and you put them into your business plan. You would need to look at timing, the sequence of events. So you're not going to necessarily have to deliver a £2 million order to somebody within two weeks of starting your business. So you're looking at some sort of sequence. How are you going to get started and how you then from that initial startup going to begin to grow so you have a sequence of events that you're going to do you need a to-do list 
And with that to-do list, you need to think about, well, can I perhaps get somebody else to do some of this? Is there some way that I can pass this on to somebody else and get their help in this? It may cost you something, but get your to-do list, the whole list of what it is you need to go through, and then pick out the ones that, firstly, that are critical, and then the second most critical, and anything that you can pass out to somebody else. You're going to need some numbers. The first thing you're going to need is a table of your startup costs. Registration for the business. If you're going to have a, a limited company, for example, you need to register the business. You need a table of your initial startup costs. Then you need a table of your running costs, what it's going to cost to run your business. And I'll explain that a little bit later in this podcast. And then from your running costs, you also need to have a table of your income. So what's what are you going to be earning and when? And from those tables, you can then generate what's called a cash flow projection. And I'll explain that a little bit later. The level of detail you go into in your business plan is entirely up to you. I worked on, I'll give you an example shortly, but I worked on a a business plan for a business that I'd considered and I came out with something like 40 pages. I actually decided after doing all that work that the business was not viable for me, for the way that I could afford to run the business. So I abandoned it. But in other things, I've, I've got a number of little businesses I've set up over the years that run alongside my, my main business. And some of those have just taken a couple of sheets of A4 and I've just you know made notes on there and I've been able to see, yeah, this isn't going to cost me anything. It's not going to cost very much in time and I can make some money out of it. It'll get me going for a while. It'll fill a gap in my other business. This kind of thing, I'll go ahead and do it. Or other ones I've looked at and it's just not going to fly. It's going to take too much time, too much money or whatever reason, and I've abandoned it. I haven't gone any further. So it does. It only needs to be as detailed as you need it to be to be able to make your decision on your business. But if you're going to go ahead, you need to make sure you've covered all of the key areas, such as your competitor analysis. I mentioned I'd give you an example. Some years ago, I found myself sitting in a laundrette over Christmas, and I noticed as my laundry's going round and round in these machines... Lots of people were coming and going. The weather was awful, but people were coming and going into the laundrette, coming in with big bags of dirty laundry and going out with bags of freshly laundered clothing, etc. And I thought that was interesting from a, a people perspective. I thought, you know, it's a different side of life that I'm not experienced with. And it was just, I found it interesting. I was chatting to people in there and it was just an interesting thing. And then one guy came in and he had a big bunch of keys on him and he was the owner. And he came in and he went to the back of the, the shop, out the back, and then he came back into the front of the laundrette and went to each machine in turn. He put his key in, opened the machine and tipped out all the money on top of the machine. He counted all the money, put the drawer back in and then wrote down the figures in his book. And then he went to the next machine and did the same thing again and the same thing again. And there was a lot of money. There were piles and piles of pound coins and then the businessman in me said, I'm like, look at this. This looks pretty cool. So find out about it. So that's what I did. I began to look into what's involved in running a laundrette. I'd never, ever considered it in my life before. I joined an industry 
Association for Laundry. Didn't even know they existed. Spoke to a lot of people in the industry. I went to a trade show in Ascot. It's held every two years. I think it was February, March time. But I went to that, spoke to a lot of people there, got a lot of information. And then I sat down to do a business plan. As I'm going through my business plan, one of the first things I recognised was I need premises. So I, I looked around. Before going any further, I looked around to see what was available. And there was an empty laundrette probably four miles from me. I knew it was there. I was well aware of its presence because I'd lived in the area for 25 years. But I'd never really given it much thought. And a lot of the machines had been taken out. It was a bit of a mess inside. I spoke to some of the other shops on the same parade. They they said that it closed down about 18 months before. But it was always busy and they had people coming into them even then asking where the laundrette was. So there was clearly a need for it. Little bit of legwork and I found out who the landlord was. Spoke to him, made an appointment and met him at the laundrette. Discussed a lot of things, had a look around, made a lot of measurements, this kind of thing. I told him that I wasn't interested in taking the laundrette with the equipment that was there because most of it was ancient and probably derelict. But I said I'd be interested in taking the laundrette on, but I'd be looking at putting new equipment in, etc, etc. Everything was great. We talked about costs and everything else. We had a really good meeting and I went back to my business plan. So I was getting quite excited by this time because I'd found a premises, I'd, I'd found an industry or a sector that I thought was actually going to make some money and I was getting quite excited by the idea of, of becoming a laundrette owner and then possibly a, a second and a third and a fourth etc. That was my idea. I put my business plan together. I actually I downloaded and subscribed to a piece of software specially for creating business plans because I, this was quite a big thing for me. It was going to involve quite a lot of investment and I wanted to get it right, which is why it went to about 40 pages. I spoke to a lot of suppliers. We talked about leasing. We talked about everything. One guy gave me a lot of time talking to me about the different chemicals involved and the different processes and the timing of different parts of the process, etc. And all of that went into my business plan. At the end of it, the business plan piece of software did its bit and it chucked out a number at the end and it said this isn't going to fly because I needed a major injection of funding that I simply didn't have access to and I, I couldn't justify it. So I probably spent, in terms of total time, if I, if I accumulate the time spent rather than the actual period, probably two weeks of dedicated time to putting together this business plan. And then I walked away. I tried adjusting the business plan, but it wasn't gonna work, and I walked away. You could argue that I wasted two weeks, but I would argue that if I'd gone into it without doing the business plan, I could have wasted tens of thousands of pounds and possibly lost my other business, my primary business, which I'm still running today, and it's, in its it'll be 20 years in October, I could have lost that because of the focus I'd have had to do to try and get this other business running on a shoestring. So did I waste two weeks? I don't think I did. I think it was two weeks of well-spent time preparing myself to fully understand what I was letting myself in for.
as it happens, about three years later, the shop became active again as a laundrette, but this time it was in a different format. There were a couple of machines in there, but it was a, it was basically a hub for people to drop off service laundry and collect their laundry from, because the people that took it on were people in a, a town about 12 miles from me that already had a commercial laundry. So they were running, on an on industrial state, a commercial laundry service. They were using this shop as a way of people being able to drop their laundry in and pick it up. And they would just send a van out to pick up laundry and, and bring back finished laundry. But coincidentally, for, for convenience and to keep their customer base happy, they put a couple of machines in there so people could do their own laundry in there. But that's not the focus of the shop. The shop is basically a portal for laundry to come in and go out of to the main commercial laundry 12 miles away. But not all business plans have to go to that extent. Some of them can be relatively simple. Let's say, for example, if I look back in my, my background, I trained initially when I left school. I trained as a motor mechanic. I trained in a Ford main dealer. So let's revert back to me being a motor mechanic and say, well, okay, well, I'm going to work for myself. I'm going to be a mechanic, but I'm going to work for myself. I'm not going to work for somebody else anymore. I could be a mobile mechanic or I could be a mechanic that's working from a workshop. I need to start to look at the business plan, the idea. But if you think about it, you could say, well, I'm, I'm going to be a mechanic. So let, let, let's start off with pen and paper. Get a notepad and say at the top, I'm going to be a motor mechanic. I'm going to start working on the 1st of June and I'm going to be a mobile mechanic for two years and then I'm going to have a workshop, for example. Then you can start to flesh that out with more detail. I'm going to be a motor mechanic. I'm going to start on the 1st of June. My background is Ford, so I'm going to focus on Ford cars from 2000 onwards. You can then start to put in more detail. I'm going to be a mobile mechanic. That needs, means I'm going to need a van. So I need a van. The van's got to obviously have security in it, but I'm going to need these tools as well because when you're a mechanic working for a garage, they supply things like air compressors, airlines, jacks, stands, this kind of thing. If you're working for yourself, you need to supply those yourself. I did that. I, I worked for myself. I had my own little motor, motor mechanic business for three years. And you've got to buy a lot of things that are you just take for granted. They're just in the workshop. So you've got to allow for the fact you're going to be buying those. So that they're your startup costs because without a, a, without a jack, you can't lift a car up. If you can't lift a car up, you can't take his wheel off. <laughs> it's as simple as that. So you've got to buy some things up front. But you start to build the detail up just using a pen and paper. It's very, very simple. You could create, once you've got that overview, you could then say well let's start again but now we'll use a pad we'll use one page per item one page for the overview one page for the other guys working in the same area as my competitors one page for the resources I'm going to need one page for the sequence of, of events of getting started you can't be a mechanic unless you've got tools so have I got all the tools I need that's part of my to-do list that's your sequence and just flesh it all out and, and spend a couple of evenings doing it once you've got to that level, you then need to get that into a word processor. Because if you get it into a word processor, the first thing you can do is you can put a date and a revision number on it. And then when you're going through and you're fleshing it out and making more detail and making changes, you can save it as a different version. 
without having to rewrite the whole thing. You can save it as version 2, version 3, version 4, etc. So you can keep a track of your ideas as you're building up your business plan. Also, if you put it into a word processor, you can very quickly print it off or email it to somebody and say, look, this is my idea, what do you think? Somebody you trust, somebody who you think is going to tell you the truth, tell you how it is, and you can then say, okay, well, thanks for the input, and you can make changes to your business plan. So get it into a word processor, but you don't have to do that to start with. And you don't have to subscribe to expensive software. If you've got access to a computer, there's things like OpenOffice, which is completely free, and it's a complete office suite. Just get it into a word processor when you can. But in the first case, just use a, a pen and pad. It's very simple. So then you come on to the next thing, and this tends to frighten people, tends to put people off, and that's the numbers. But really, they don't need to be scary. You just need to be honest. That's all it takes. Just be honest with the numbers. Do not be over-optimistic. So the first thing is you've got startup costs. I just mentioned if you're going to be a motor mechanic, you've got to make sure that you've got everything you need to be able to do the fundamentals. So you do need a trolley jack. You do need axle stands. You do need the basic tools that you need to be able to do the job. You don't necessarily have to have a compressor. I worked for three years without a compressor. There are ways of doing things manually. But you look at your startup jobs. If you're going to register, you need to register as a limited company if you're going to do that. Or if there's two of you working, you might register as an LLP. We've got another podcast about business structure. If you ever listen to that, that'll tell you about the different sorts of businesses that you can register and the pros and cons of each. So you need to get your startup costs down on, onto, again, you can put it onto some paper, but the easiest thing to do is to get it into a spreadsheet. And again, open office or something like that will give you access to a free spreadsheet. In fact, most phones, if you've got a mobile phone, it means you've got a Google account. If you've got a Google account, you've got access to Google Docs. Likewise with Apple, if you've got an Apple phone, you've got access to Apple Pages, Apple Numbers, things like this, which are essentially word processor documents and spreadsheets. You need to start putting these in, but they need to go into a sequence, a time-based sequence. So get your startup costs down. Then you need to start, and this is the interesting part, you need to start looking at your outgoings. You need to start looking at what are you going to pay every, every week or what are you going to pay every month for your utilities? What are you going to pay every month for your insurances? What are you going to pay every month for your salaries? These things. Get those in a monthly going. The norm is to go left to right. Go across left to right. At the end of the month, you're going to be paying salaries. At the beginning of the month, you're going to be paying insurances or whatever it is that you've got. Your regular outgoings. Then do the same thing with your projected earnings. So let's say you're going to do a service a day, four days a week. So if you're going to charge 150 quid for a service, then there's 150 quid goes on your income and you can do that four days a week or whatever. You have to allow time for admin. Even if you're not VAT registered, you have to be able to do invoicing, you have to be able to do quotes, you have to be able to do your pay, and you have to be able to do your your uh, general bookkeeping. So all of your receipts and everything else all have to go into sequence, into order, or normally by company, and keep that all nice and tidy. So you have to allow time for, for doing that sort of work. So don't allocate 100% of your time to spanner work if you're going to be a mechanic. 
you need to allow probably, I would say at least 25%, probably more like 30% of your time for admin. So just say, well, I can do four services a week, for example. 150 quid each, that's 600 quid a week on income. But with those services, you've obviously got expenses. So you've got oil, you've got filter, etc., other consumables. If you end up doing a set of pads on, on a car, then you've got the income from the pads, but you've also got the cost of the pads that you've got to replace. And the like. So you've got your incomings, but you've also got outgoings for each of those jobs. And you can generalise those. So you can say, well, a service is going to cost me X, Y, Z in consumables. Where your incoming is, stick that with as an expense for that. So now you've done that for a week. You can do the same for a month. You can then extend it out to a year. Once you've got it out to a year, you can send it out to three years. You can start to plan in some growth in there, maybe bringing in somebody else to work with you or for you. And do the same with your your outgoings. So you've got your outgoings out for a year on a weekly basis. You've got the same for your income on a year for a weekly basis. And underneath the income, you've got your expenses that are going to be related to the jobs. You can take the expenses away from the income. That gives you your your gross profit, if you like, on each job. You then take away your general outgoings from what's left, and now you've got your gross profit as a business. That's now over a period of time, so you can actually now project a cash flow of your business. So the cash that's coming in and the cash that's going out and the timing between the two. So you can see if, the, if you, your business is going to be spending a lot of time in the red or it's going to be spending most of its time in the black or it's going to be neutral. And then you can adjust your spreadsheet accordingly to make it work. But you've got to be realistic, whatever you do. Whatever you do, just be honest, be realistic, check with other people. If you're not a numbers person, and I totally appreciate most people are not numbers people when it comes to business, hook yourself up with a bookkeeper or better still an accountant that you're going to use in your business and say, look, I'm, I'm going to be starting this business. I'm going to need a small business accountant and make sure you find a small business accountant because the way small businesses work is not always understood by most accountancies. So find someone who specializes in small business and say, this isn't what I'm going to do. And this is my business plan. Would you please have a look at it for me? You'll have to pay them, but it won't be a lot. But what you'll get is a professional overview of your of your business plan. And you can take the information they give you and adjust your business plan. Again, being realistic with how much you can achieve to do on a daily, weekly, monthly, annually basis. Allow for sick time. Allow for holiday time. Allow for slumps. Maybe not everybody gets their car serviced in August because they're going away or maybe they get them all serviced in July because they're going to go away in August you know this sort of thing and just update the plan change the version number so get people to review it for you and that's it that's your business plan it's actually very simple but once you've got it make sure that at least once a year you go back to it you check it against the actual real performance the actual performance of your business and you either change the plan to allow for the growth in your business or you change the way you're operating in order to match your plan to get the growth that you're anticipating. Or if everything lines up, then just give yourself a bloody good pat on the back because most times it doesn't. The business I run today, my primary business, has no 
resemblance whatsoever to my business plan that I wrote in 2003. Absolutely none whatsoever. The only thing that's in common between the business plan I wrote in 2003 and the business I run today is the name of the business and the person who's in it, which is me. Nothing else is the same. That's it. That's a business plan. It doesn't need to be any more scary than that. It's a fairly simple concept and how detailed you make it is up to you. If you find yourself asking questions that aren't answered in the business plan, put those questions and those answers into your business plan. If you find yourself, or if somebody else reads it and says, well, what are you going to do if XYZ happens? Or what are you going to do over Christmas? How are you going to manage Christmas when the weather's bad? Or whatever. If you're going to be mobile, how are you going to manage that if, if you get a snowstorm? For me, I remember doing a, a clutch change underneath a, a Bedford CF in 1984 we had horrible snow and I had blankets stuck to the side of this van and I was underneath it with snow building up on the outside to get this clutch done because it was going out on higher the following day how do you deal with these things and if somebody asks you that question and it's not answered in the business plan answer it in the business plan simple as that other than that they're not actually anything to be afraid of they're very very worthwhile if you ask yourself a question do I need a business plan I'll tell you the the answer is yes. Very simple. You'd need a business plan because it's a monitor and it's a planning tool in itself. I hope you found this useful. If you enjoyed this podcast and you got some use from it, please like, share, subscribe, all those good things. Tell your mates. And please look out for us for more podcasts. My name's Stephen Hooper. This has been a podcast from smallbiz.chat. Bye. Bye.